Welcome to the Dead 3 Coaching Podcast. I am your host, George Evian. And as always, really appreciate everybody that has supported the podcast and continues to listen and subscribe and share on this. We just completed, if you've made it this far, if you're on episode 46 of the Dead 3 Coaching and Leadership Podcast, we just completed what I believe to be 16 sessions, 16 lessons on how to build an empowered team. Really enjoyed going through every single one of those episodes. There were nine pillars to them. Some were two sessions or two episodes, and some were just one towards the end um, because some of it, not that it was redundant by any means, but uh, we covered decision-making in one episode because we talked a lot about in the prior 15 episodes to decision-making, we talked about a lot of what goes into making really great decisions and what you need and facts and information and collaboration and execution and everything that is revolved around having empowered teams being able to make supported decisions as they own their teams and uh, fulfill the purpose, vision, and mission of their team. So we have completed that. We do have things on our website where you can go and get all the supplemental instructions. A lot of that is out now as you listen to this as a release date of somewhere in February for this episode. But there's many other things that you can get from our website and the content that we're creating. Uh, and the Empowered Team curriculum that is now out there that now is probably over nine hours of content on how to build an empowered team and thoughts and ideas and point of view and perspective and strategies that you may be able to um, uh, uh, embed into your teams so you can get the results that you want. And again, uh, I have a tendency to go back on many episodes as phrases and words trigger into my mind. But at the end of the day, you know, this is all fine and dandy. It is all important. It is all something for you to consider as you build your teams, build your leadership teams, uh, build your own leadership capabilities and strategies. But at the end of the day, this is all about results. The more I get into this, the more I study, the more we talk about what I have here on my screen that we're going to talk about today. At the end of the day, it's driving results, but it's also not just driving the results, but how those results are received how they are accomplished, um, the strategies and tactics that you um, have with your teams in order to get those results that you need to get to get better results, more results, um, and to, to make sure everybody is enjoying their job. But at the end of the day, it is all based on results. We're either winning or losing. Um, so the, the next series that we're getting into, and I really wanted, we are going to get into where we have guests on the show and all that. If you've made it this far, we have it's really been solo cast. It's been me. I wanted to do that empowered and building an empowered team curriculum. It was really important to me. I wanted to do it for all of you. I wanted to be able to give you a perspective and a point of view, but I really wanted to get something locked in as well for myself. What is an empowered team? Why is it important? What are the strategies and tactics? What are the values of it, of purpose and ownership and empathy and encouragement and you know, a mindset and everything, decision-making and results and execution, everything we talked about. Um, I really wanted to have a foundation for myself on a lot of that. And that afforded me that opportunity of research, of conversation, of um, thought, and, um, you know, and just consideration on a number of different things on why that was important. So, but we're not that we're on to another series, but there's just things on my mind now as I continue to try to you know sharpen my own saw and try to get better myself with the teams I'm leading, the conversations I'm having, 
and uh, the, the strategies that I think you should consider. And I was listening to an Ed Milet uh, podcast in the past day or so. And it was a 26-minute episode where he talked about ego and what that does to you, what that does to your leadership, what that does to our teams. And it was 26 minutes. And he talked about a variety of things in that 26 minutes on what ego is and how you can coach it and how you, why is it important not to have ego and how you, how you can recognize it in yourself, in your teams, in your relationships, in your children and, and how to combat that. And so it led me down a road of research, of listening to that again and taking notes and getting into different uh, uh, ideas online and researching what ego is and what he did and I don't have the number here in front of me, but he had a number of items of what ego is and what are the obvious signs of ego at play in your teams. There, uh, you know, ego is the enemy is I believe a book out there and I can't right now remember who the author is, but ego is the enemy of building your great teams, right? And we've talked about an empowered team. We've talked about what a great team looks like. We've talked about your own personal development, what you're trying to do. We've talked about as you lead your teams. And when I say we've talked about it in all these 46 episodes, but now with Dead 3 and other platforms that we've had podcasts, we're well over 200, maybe even 300 at this point of podcasts we put out, which is great, right? Five, you know, 300 plus podcasts, which I would have to believe we're north of right now. So, but ego comes around. Like what is ego? How can you identify it? And the first thing, and he talked about the obvious ones and I'm stealing the, the bullet points of this. I'm not necessarily stealing the, um, the conversation, his exact bullet points. I don't have my notes here in front of me of what he said with each one of these, but these are my, my, uh, uh my study, my thoughts, my, uh, kind of my ideas and my, what I'm considering, I guess, as it comes to this, the first thing we want to talk about and how to identify and what to look for when ego is in your team, when it is in you, when it is in your relationships, when it's in your children, whomever, and why, why, why it's there, um, what you can do to coach it and what you can do to lead it and maybe change it and uh, give a different perspective or, uh, or navigate that a different way or to, you know, you don't want to accept these things, but to just understand a perspective on where people are coming from and why they're coming from that place. And the first thing he talked about, about identifying ego is defensiveness. Defensiveness is ego, ego at play, strong egos, Egomaniacs is the phrase that he used over and over again. People that are defensive have a, that is a common aspect that people have that, uh, that have an ego or their ego is at play or their ego is too high. Let me read this to you. And I really liked this idea. Defensiveness is a common aspect of ego because it stems from the natural instinct to protect oneself. Let me read it again. Defensiveness is a common aspect of an e of ego, of your ego. And it stems from just this natural instinct to protect yourself. 
we've all heard the phrase, don't back that person into a corner. Like don't back a, the dog into the corner. The dog is going to come out fighting. The dog is going to be defensive. The dog, like don't put people on their heels. They're going to be defensive. And we've all heard that. And that is a trait, an attribute of your ego at play. So people that are always defensive. And we've, we've talked about in other episodes, this idea of recognizing people that are really defensive. Well, you can't say that. That'll put them on their heels. Like they've been attacked and attacked and attacked. And so now they're very defensive that whatever comes their way and whomever says it, they're, they're always a little cautious. They're always a little or a lot defensive. They're on their heels just because they've got to protect themselves because they've been attacked for so long because they know it's coming because they know they're not good enough or they don't feel they're good enough or they don't have the purpose to feel that they belong or what like all this, you know, stuff of imposter syndrome. So you're just going to be defensive to protect yourself when individuals feel threatened or criticized, their ego is going to kick in. And it's going to lead to a def the, the defensive behaviors as a means of just surviving. Surviving the situation. Surviving the day. Surviving this, you know, the, the, the feedback. They're going to immediately be on their heels and it is going to immediately lead, immediately lead to defensive behavior. And that is their ego. Now listen, the reason why this Ed Milet show has impacted me is because I'm on, uh, I'm on my heels right now with a number of things personally and professionally. It's not that things aren't going well. I'm just like, like, I just feel like I'm kind of in that mold or mode right now of just kind of swimming, just kind of spinning wheels in the mud, not getting the juice, not getting the progress, not getting the, the, um, the wins that I want and that I feel are out there and the feel that I'm working towards. So I'm to, you know, probably just getting complacent. And I'm starting to think like, why is this happening? And, I, and I'm thinking a lot about ego. I'm thinking about my blind spots. I'm thinking about how I'm showing up. Is, is my ego at play? Why aren't, things going, why aren't things going well? Why am I not winning here? Why am I not winning at work? Why are my teams not winning? What am I doing to contribute to that? How can I get better? Is, or why aren't people listening to me? Why all that? And at the end of the day, the more I listen to Ed Milet's show three times now, I am sitting there going, man, I think a lot of that, I wonder, I wonder, I wonder if that's my ego. I wonder if it's just me being defensive of proposing things, offering strategies, offering a point of view, knowing we're capable of greatness and it's not working and it's not being accepted, and we're not executing on it. And because of that, now everything around me, I'm defensive about. So I wonder if this is me. I wonder if it's you as you listen to this. Like the, well, the one thing I hope that I am trying to do a good job of, and, I, and I'm speaking to me, but I hope put your name in there. And, and Ed Milet continued to talk about this. And, and, I, and I, I've heard it and I hear it and I need to continue to hear it is one that there's greatness out there for me. 
There's absolute greatness out there for me. There's greatness out there for you. But the other thing that he continues to harp on, and we've heard it from a number of people, is the idea of just being self-aware. Being aware of where you're at, who you are, what you're doing, how it's having an impact on your goals, your ambitions, your desires, your habits that you have. Like, what are we doing? You have to be, so you have to ask the questions if you're not getting what you want out of yourself, if you're not getting what you want out of your leadership team, if you're not getting what you want out of your individual teams, is there ego at play for you, for your teams, for your leadership? How are you coaching your people? Ego, defensiveness. Defensiveness is a common aspect, attribute, trait of ego. And how can we coach this? As as leaders, you are a leader. You are a team builder. You are a people builder. And you've got to identify, and you have to understand just with that, as a leader, as a people builder, as a team builder, myself, I have to understand that ego is always at play. And we're going to go through these sessions and try to get into these. But the first thing we have to do is we have to recognize that defensive mindset. So what are some strategies? that we can roll through today in this talk, in this 30-minute talk of what we can do to help overcome that, to help coach that, to help people to get out of that, them, the people you're leading, the teams you're building, or yourself, or the leaders and the people that you're responsible for. The first one here, and there's four of them, the first one is just to promote a growth mindset. Encourage a culture that views challenges as opportunities for growth rather than threats to somebody's competence. People are defensive because they feel like they're about to get attacked. That an idea they had is not good enough, not smart enough, not not something we can execute. It's stupid. So people are not going to talk or when they do, like, let me say this. This is maybe a bad example. It's the first one that popped in my head because I just shared this with my children a few days ago. When I grew up, I would go to ski school. I still remember sixth, seventh grade out outside in a suburb of Seattle, Washington, a town called Issaquah, Issaquah, Washington, every Saturday in the winter. And we were at the foothills of the Cascades. We would get on a school bus, three busloads full of all my friends, not that I had three busloads of friends, but our friends would, my buddies, we'd all be on a bus and we'd go and we'd spend the day up at Snoqualmie Pass and we would ski all day long. And then we would come back at 5 p.m. on a Saturday and I'd either get dropped off by a friend's family or I would get picked up by my mom and dad at that. Uh, and we would then, you know, then I'd be home Saturday. But what happened, what I remember happening is that whenever I got home, for some reason, I was always in trouble. I was always in trouble. And the reality is this. It may have been just once, but I remembered it as always. But it was probably just once. What'd you do this week? I just got a phone call. A parent just called me. Your teacher just sent you got a letter in the, whatever it was, I was busted. I don't, and I don't remember any exact 
circumstance to that. But I just, my mindset was I was always in trouble whenever I was gone for a long period of time. That, and that has impacted me now. As a 50-year-old, I still feel like when I'm gone for stretches, wherever it might be, and it's not that often, I feel like I've done something. But what's that have to do with being defensive? And what's that have to do with ego? And what that have to do with being backed into the corner? People get backed into a corner. People are defensive. Something has happened. There is a trigger. Something happened where somebody made them feel a certain way. Somebody said an idea was stupid. Somebody said that you're not significant. Somebody said you're not valuable. Somebody said your team sucks. Your team's not winning. Your team is doing the wrong things. Your team is not delivering. And it may have just happened once. Maybe they just got their tails kicked and it's just once and now it's always. And now whenever they speak up, whenever they deliver something, whenever they don't get a sale, whenever they don't meet a commitment, whenever they don't get a client, I'm going to get my ass kicked. And so I'm always on the defensive. And I believe that now, hopefully that story resonates with you because it's resonating with me on the whole thing of how do you leave people? Man, I hope that when we leave people, we have strategies, we have actions, we have purpose, we have meanings, we have a vision. But above all that, which is really important because at the end of the day, that's the results we talked about. But I hope that we leave people with juice, with energy, with excitement, with purpose, with vision, with contribution and why they are important so that they don't have to be defensive. That it's not an always. Man, the best thing we can do as leaders, and I say that because I'm sure there's many things, but I know one of the best things we can do as leaders is to sit there and say, I'm sorry. Hey, I said something yesterday. I did something. We had this meeting. I think I may have put you on your heels. I think I may have said the wrong thing. And because of that, I felt like I may have put you in this position and I'm sorry. That was not my intent. My intent is to get you better and to get results and to have you understand how valuable and important and how much you contribute to our wins. But we've got to, first and foremost, we have to promote a growth mindset. We've got to encourage, to say this again, we have to encourage and develop a culture that views challenges and opportunities for growth rather than a threat to one's competence. Man, just grow, just get better, just try things, just have ideas, have strategies, have offer solutions. Don't get on your heels. Don't get defensive. When you... When people see it as a loss, it's not a loss. And leaders, develop your team so that they don't think it's a loss. But listen, we like it, all this triggers into my mind. And so I apologize for bouncing around. But the, some of the groups I work with, and I really appreciated this. I really appreciated this with what happened where I, where, where I am, am currently employed. We released software. Something wasn't right. So they call it a patch. We got to patch this up. We got to get something out. So they patched it, got it out. So they had a release. They worked on it for a while and they released it. Then when it was out there with customers using it, 
Someone right. Okay, we got to patch this quickly. We cannot wait. Quickly, we got to get this out. All right, they patch it, they get it out there. Something else happens with the patch. Another issue. I don't think it was with the patch. I think it was just with that core release. Something else isn't right. We need another patch. None of that is good in the world of software. None of it. But the leader leading that team and those groups, privately to me, and I'm sure he was like this with his leadership team and with the team itself. Yeah, he, he told me, he was like, yeah, this sucks. There's nothing good about this. But man, we just got to get better. I hope they learn from it, which we know these people. We know this team. We know the leaders of the team, which they will learn. They will get better. It's unfortunate. But it wasn't to put them on their heels. It wasn't to make them defensive. The team or anyone on the team or the person leading the team. Hey, let's fix it. Let's get better. I know they didn't do it on purpose. I know that this is the best team in the company. I know that they are doing everything they can to make sure everything is perfect, but let's figure out what happened, how we can get better, and let's do everything we can so it doesn't happen again. Because the, you, you all are so good. Growth mindset. Opportunities for growth, opportunities for learning, opportunities for better rather than a threat to one's competence or a team's ability to deliver. we got to be able to, as a leader, highlight the examples that you have with your team publicly of individuals or the team in general that have embraced challenges and setbacks and roadblocks and landmines and that have come out stronger. Eliminate the defensiveness that your team and people have. Create, and I, I know there's four of these and that's taken us a while to get through one, but cultivate it. Here's by bullet point two. Cultivate a culture of constructive feedback. Now, this is hard, man. I'm telling you, I think this is hard. I think it is an art. It is a study. It is, um, you know, the, the mindset. It is, you know, being really uh, thorough and intentional is the word I'm looking for about how you deliver your feedback. And when it isn't well-received feedback and you know it, it is okay to say, I'm sorry. My bad. I can do better. This is what I meant. I overreacted. You've got to create a culture where feedback is seen as a tool for improvement rather than a personal attack. Let me read this again. You have to build your culture and your environment where feedback is seen as a tool for improvement rather than a personal attack on somebody's contribution. How do you give feedback? How do you leave people? I'm going to circle back to this ski trip that I took every weekend in the fall or in the winter when I grew up. But man, how do you lead people when you show up and you walk through the doors with your skis? Make sure your people know that you're there with them, that you care for them, that you love them, that you blah, blah, blah. Like, and then say, hey, some, 
we can be better here. Or I got this happened. I got this phone call. We didn't get this release, but man, I know you all are great. We have to know how to give that feedback so it's well-received. So go back to our empowered team-building curriculum. The feedback has to be well-received. I'm going to be honest with you. Whatever happened in my upbringing, and maybe it was just going skiing every Saturday, I don't receive feedback well. I just don't. I don't. And that's on me. It is a blind spot. It is something I know I'm not great at. It is something I have to work at. It's something that I've got to hear, listen to, and be thankful for. Be thankful for. But let me ask you, let me, let me say this as well as it goes to feedback. Man, I've got people that I really care for, that I really trust, that I know really, really care for me, that I know want me to be great, and I know believe that I have greatness in me. And when I'm not great, or when I mess up, or when I don't execute and deliver on what I'm capable of, and those people get after me, I know it can be well-received. All because I know they care about me. So what's how do you build this culture of constructive and well-received feedback so people aren't defensive and on their heels? And I'd start by caring about your people. I'd start by being connected with your people. I'd start by knowing whatever you need and whenever you need it type connection. There's a player on our basketball program. There's two, there's two people in your program, right? We say this in coaching and athletic coaching. There are coach killers and there are program builders. And you have that in your professional world. There are people that are going to get you fired. And there are coach killers out there and there's team killers and all that, right? And then there's program builders. And man, obviously you want that. You want the ladder. You want, or the, uh, the ladder. You want program builders. There's a, there's a young athlete, not a young athlete. He's now a senior. There's an athlete on our team that I just think the world of. I think the world of this athlete. I think the world of him. He is a great Great young man. And every time when I started coaching him and we were hard, we were demanding, we have high standards, all that sort of stuff. Every time we coached him, yes, sir, no, sir. And it was always a thank you. Thank you, coach. Thank you for coaching me, coach. Like all that. And I mentioned to him the other day, and I and, and this is absolutely the truth. I looked at him and said, Listen to me, whatever you need and whenever you need it for the rest of your life, I'm there for you. I believe that that's, that's the care and love that I have for this kid. Whatever you need, whenever you need it, not now, not this year, not five years. From, I looked at him. I was like, you need me five years from now and you need something. You got, me. you got someone. Okay. Now. What's that allow us to do? One, it's the right thing to do. One, it's because I'm all in. You, I'm all in on people. I'm all in on the people that want to be great that I can help, help get there. I'm all in. But it also allows me to give him good feedback because we're connected, because he knows I care about him. 
because he knows I want him to be great, that I can give him the feedback that he needs to hear, even if he doesn't want to hear it, because he trusts me. I could say something to him, and then somebody could say that he doesn't know and he's not connected with, could say the same thing, and he could brush it off. It's going to mean more to him coming from me than somebody he doesn't know. And that's got to make sense to you as you build your teams and you have a culture of growth and a culture of well-received and constructive feedback for improvement. It's a tool for improvement rather than a personal attack. The last two, we're going to get through a little bit quicker here. But you, But let me go back to that. Always recognize when you give that feedback and it's well-received feedback and then it's executed on, man, those are your opportunities to really shine the light on those people, their execution, but really their ability to be coached, their ability to want to get better, their ability to receive the feedback and take it to action. And you have to make sure that that is public, it's acknowledged, because the next bit will be, and then everybody's sitting around saying, man, I want some of this feedback too. And be really deliberate and intentional about how you provide the feedback. And start by making sure that you are connected. Connected with those people. The next one is, is modeling the vulnerability and learning that your teams need to be to come over being defensive. Leaders set the tone by being vulnerable and that mistakes are just all a part of the learning process. Vulnerability. Go listen to Gary Vaynerchuk, Gary V on YouTube, on YouTube. It is so much about gratitude, about empathy and about vulnerability. And that's how he leads his entire media organization and we're talking about a multi million dollar millions and millions of dollars organization. Gratitude, empathy, and vulnerability. You got to normalize the idea to everyone, including leaders, including yourself, that we're all here learning. We're all trying to get better, including me, that I'm not going to get defensive, that it's okay for me to say, man, I was bad yesterday, or I didn't do this for you, or I didn't even do this for us, and I didn't deliver on my promises, or I'm that I'm, I'm evolving, I'm learning and evolving. And it's okay for me to come to you as a group and say, I'm not nearly what I need to be for you all. But I'm, I'm receiving feedback from you. I'm getting better because of that feedback and it is well-received feedback and I'm connected with you. And I want you to know the feedback that you're giving me is well-received and I'm learning and evolving to serve you, to support you, to get the results that we need and are capable of. Be vulnerable. Man, it is okay to say, I'm sorry. I messed up. I can be better. I'm not what I will be. I'm here to serve you. Those are all vulnerable statements. You don't have to be that hard ass that gets everything right to lead your teams. The more vulnerable you are, the more you accept well, the feedback, the more that you approve, the more that you get out in front of your group and say, man, I'm not great at this. 
but this is where I hope to be and this is why it's important and this is how it impacts you and everybody else, then you're allowing everybody else to be vulnerable and less defensive because I'm going to circle back to this. Defensiveness is a common aspect of your ego and it all stems from the natural instinct to protect yourself, to protect oneself. But if we're vulnerable, and yeah, I understand I need to protect myself, but man, I'm just here to serve. I'm here to get results. I'm here to care for you. I'm here to have you be the best that you can be. I need you to not be defensive. I need to give you great feedback to have uh, use it as a tool for improvement and not as a personal attack. How can we do all that to lead our teams? How can we make sure that we're vulnerable and that we have a growth mindset and that we understand that we're always learning and evolving? But you got to normalize that idea. You got to normalize that idea. We got to acknowledge, we have to be able to acknowledge and learn from our own mistakes openly. Openly learn from our own mistakes and re reinforce the growth that comes from all those challenges and those setbacks and understand that, hey man, we're, we're all here to get better, including me. And the last one, as we close this up, but we've got to establish the team norms and we've got to be open for all the communication that comes. How can we not have defensive teams and defensive people and eliminate that pillar, that, that pillar of ego? Let's just normalize open communication, feedback, learning, vulnerability, and a growth mindset. It's okay. I'm not attacking you. I think like people are defensive because they think it's all a personal attack that you're going at them. You're not good enough. You're not smart enough. You didn't do this right. You let everybody down. It's your fault. That's all blame. It's all finger pointing. It's all you. It's not us. It's not, we're going to learn and get better. Because if you always have that culture of blame, of personal attack, of your fault, you let people down. You're not good enough. You're not ready enough. Man, when you come at me, man, I'm, I know what's coming. Man, when we have a ret, when we have a demo, a retro, a client meeting, a sales, blah blah blah. Man, I know you're coming at me because you've taught me what happens when you come at me. You've 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 taught me what's going on. You taught me what's going to happen. You taught me that when that phone call. You taught me when I walk through the door after skiing all day what to expect. Why don't you teach your teams that when you roll through the door with your skis, that the first thing they get is excitement, love, care, enthusiasm, service, all that sort of stuff of, man, how was it? Man, you were great. Like, you, you understand what I'm saying. Instead of, all right, I'm going to open this door and I know what's about to happen or I'm going into this meeting, or I'm going into this sales call, or I just got a message from my executive VP. I know what to expect. Man, wouldn't it be great to have an environment, a culture 
where when that phone rang and it was your senior VP or it was the president or who was the CTO or the head of market, whatever it is, that you got excited? Can't wait for this call because I know I'm going to be recognized for something. I'm going to be acknowledged for something. There's going to be some shine on my team somewhere. And I'm also probably going to get ways I can get better. And I know this person cares about me. No longer defensive. Now, receptive, open, excited, passionate. I get to get better. Man, the, with the teams that we work with, athletically now, not professionally, but just athletically, my hope is there, there, there was a coach at the University of Utah I spent some time with, and he was hard, hard. And when I say, go listen to my podcast, I'm not, I don't want, I'm not embellishing anything I did there. I essentially took notes for a number of years, but this dude was hard. He was great. He was great, but he was hard. And you would roll into a practice, not knowing if that two hour practice from three to five was actually three to eight, five hours, not two hours. You didn't know, but you did know it was going to be hard. It could be long and you were going to get your tail kicked every day. Man, and that mindset of rolling through those doors at three o'clock for a practice. You know what I mean? Like that's got to be rough. I hope that the players that we're working with, that when three o'clock, four o'clock rolls around, that they are sitting there excited. Man, we got an environment, a culture and coaches and teammates that are all in, we have fun, we get after it, we get better every day, we're gonna be coached. And this is the best part of my day. That's athletically. How are you professionally with your teams when that phone rings or when it's nine o'clock on Monday morning? How defensive are you gonna be? How defensive is your team? How do we eliminate ego from our teams? Ego is driven from the instinct to protect ourselves. And the ego is to build us up, that we're great and that people need to listen to us. Ego, as we'll get into it, man, is really just this, you know, you're just lifting yourself up where you're not there and you feel bad. And so you're going to, Put yourself out there that you're further along than you possibly are, or you're going to be defensive. And we can be better than that. So we went a little bit overboard on this podcast. I really appreciate all the support. We're going to roll through a number of things, I guess. And when we do get to guests, we'll sprinkle those in throughout the week. So we'll, you know, hopefully be getting out maybe one to two podcasts a week now instead of just the one. Um, I'm really excited about this conversation for me. An ego of defensiveness and, you know, all these other things that we, you know, needing to be right and needing acknowledgement and recognition, like all these things that we're going to get into. Maybe they're your blind spot. Ego's a blind spot. I haven't, I haven't been told that, but maybe I could be a much better leader. Maybe I could connect more. Maybe we could get better results. Maybe I could connect more and we could have, you know, 
a, a better process. Uh, maybe I could, you know, have people feel more valued, more con like whatever it is. At the end of the day, we need more results. I need people to enjoy their jobs more. I need to be more organized. I need to be able to uh, have people feel really valued on what they're doing. And maybe I'm not getting where I feel we can be because I'm too wrapped up with my ego. And maybe, maybe that's a blind spot. Maybe people see me that way. And because of that, I'm not connected. Maybe, maybe, maybe it's you. So let's talk about ego. And we started out by talking about defensiveness. Now, listen, the best thing you can do for me in this podcast is like it, share it, comment, go to Dead3 Coaching. In the show notes, you'll see our website. The best thing you can do for me is to go to the website and sign up for our, sign up for, you know, the newsletters that we put out, the content we put out. That's the best thing you can do for me other than just sharing this podcast with somebody. All right, please reach out to me. Please get connected with me. And what I'm really hoping to do with all of this is really to build a community of people that just want to be great, want to lead great, want to build great teams, want to get extraordinary results and have an extraordinary life of service, of contribution, and of value to other people. That's it. Why are we doing this? That's why. Have a great rest of your day.